In this episode, you're going to hear a cautionary tale of some guy. I'm not going to mention his name now, but you'll hear it in the actual podcast. Some guy who owned uh, several sites in the Washington State area uh, who basically got what he deserved. He got 28 years in federal prison for committing just outrageous fraud. Somebody needs to make a documentary about this, at least an American Greed episode. Uh, But it's a cautionary tale for anyone that's thinking about cutting corners. Just don't do it. It's not worth it. Another thing is for CRAs out there, um, you shouldn't assume everyone's committing fraud because the vast majority, 99% of people are not. But you should be hypervigilant still when it comes to possibly detecting red flags from sites and for sponsors as well. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Learn something here uh, for everybody. Links in the show notes, Patreon channel, five bucks a month, monthly mastermind. We learn how to build our opportunities using social media. Also, we have a CRA Academy, CRC Academy, links in the show notes. Finally, we have a business development service for sites. If you want to get more studies, want us to do your budgets, you want to start a site, text me, 949-415-656. With all that being said, buckle up, enjoy this one. It's a bumpy one. Hello, Guru Nation. So welcome back to the show. Welcome back to Dance Fair. I hope everything's doing well. We do. We post evergreen content here, meaning stuff that never gets old in research. We post current events, a lot of political stuff lately because of how it pertains to the pharmaceutical industry. This one in particular is interesting because I've known about this case for a while. Uh, I've been following it early, but basically this guy from Washington, from the state of Washington, in a a city called Richland. He owned some sites, basically faked, just completely falsified a bunch of studies. Uh, Pretty much everything, I think, uh, was fraudulent, although that would actually be really tough to do. I'm sure he did some legitimate research as well. It was just uh, enough, just enough to cover up all the madness uh, that he had going on, all the crime he had going on. So basically, he was just sentenced this month, uh, October 1st, I think, to 28 years in federal prison. So maybe this is a, I don't know what, it could be a cautionary tale for some. It could hopefully be something for CRAs to look at and really consider because as, as CRAs, we just go in there as monitors, we just go into the sites and try to do our jobs and finish our reports and go home, move on to the next site. Well, sometimes, and the last thing you're thinking about is fraud, right? So sometimes when things don't make sense, all right, red flags should be going up. So this could be just a little warning to CRAs. 99.9% of the sites you go to are great. They're not doing fraud. But every now and then you're going to come across a Sammy Anwar is his name. So uh, Sammy Anwar, who's only 41 now. So he's been doing this fraud since about 2016 from what we know. Um, let's let's look at what he did. This is from Yak Tri News. Uh, I have another article here from NBC, uh, a, one of the local NBC stations probably up there in, in Seattle area. Let's look at that one first. So... Um, the Attorney General for Eastern District of Washington announced, and this was October 2nd, announced uh, that Sammy Anwar, 
41 of Richland, Washington, was sentenced today to a 340-month term of imprisonment, so this is 28 years, for falsifying human clinical research trials in connection with fraud scheme directed by Mr. Anwar. So the story gets really weird, really nasty. Uh, after a three-week jury trial in, Richmond, in Richland uh, in November 2019, uh, before Judge Shea, a federal jury found Mr. Anwar guilty of 47 counts of wire fraud, mail fraud, conspiracy, fraudulently obtaining controlled substances, and furnishing false material information to the Drug Enforcement Administration. According to court documents and evidence pre presented during the trial and at sentencing between 2013 and 2018, Sammy Anwar directed and carried out a conspiracy to have his companies fraudulently pose as legitimate human clinical research trial sites and provide of false clinical research data regarding drug safety and drug efficacy to dozens of drug companies and through them, the FDA. So maybe I was wrong. Maybe uh, the way this guy did it was just everything was a fraud. 100% of his research was a fraud, which is extremely gutsy and brazen on his part, uh, which is actually shocking to me. Usually people who commit fraud just commit it here and there. They don't, they don't make a career out of committing fraud. You know, they'll just cut corners and I don't even think cutting corners necessarily is a fraud. I think fraud is making up patient data, making up patients out of thin air. You hear about these things and it just blows my mind. I mean, what what this guy actually did. So the story the story continues. The false clinical research data that Sammy Anwar injected into the public health system included safety data on dozens of different drugs and medicines designed to treat a wide variety of diseases and conditions, including but not limited to heart disease, diabetes, asthma, pediatric illness, adolescent smoking, cirrhosis, scabies, depression, and opioid addiction, to name just a few. A few of my sites actually worked on the on those opioid addiction protocols because I know the years he was doing this. I didn't know. I never knew this guy. I never met him. Somebody actually told me we were connections on LinkedIn, and that goes to show you I just accept anybody who connects with me. I had no clue as to this guy's background. He also has a Twitter profile. Uh, so you may be connected with this guy too, just not know about it. Uh, but watch out. I guess you need to be more careful about who you're connected with. I don't care too much about that personally because I'm connected with just about anybody who wants to connect with me and I'll block you only if you give me a reason to block you. Uh, I believe I blocked Sammy Anwar now once when that person alerted me that I was connected to him. They actually asked me if I knew who he was. I said, no, never heard of him. Then they sent me the articles from a few years ago when he was first caught doing this stuff. So I've been following them since then. But these opioid addiction trials, I actually had a few of these studies, and they're super strict. The DEA actually is account, makes you account for every single pill that you had. So there's no such thing as patients didn't return pill or patient forgot to return pill. I mean, you would send somebody from the staff to the patient's home if they didn't return the pills and try to find the pills. One guy said he lost one behind the refrigerator. We went to the house and had to retrieve it. I mean, you don't play around with these things. And what Sammy Anwar was doing was not even dosing patients. There was no patients, really, that I'm aware of. And he was not even dosing patients, right? He was just removing the pills, putting them somewhere, who knows where, maybe even selling them on the street because they do have street value. Uh, so 
I mean, this is crazy what this guy is doing. And once you get the DEA involved, the Drug Enforcement Agency, they're not like the FDA. All right, The FDA comes in, they can give you a warning letter. The DEA comes in there with the guns, with handcuffs. They could bring the DOJ in there as well, Department of Justice. You don't want to mess around with these people. The evidence at the trial indicated that Sammy Anwar and his company received over $5.6 million from the fraud. And by the way, guys, this is not even, like in research, this is probably, this $5.6 million was probably over a three-year period. That's not even a lot. Like, you can have a legitimate research clinic. That's what, let's say it's 5.6 over three years. So let's say that's a little over uh, one and a half, right? One and a half, three, four, a little over 1.5 million a year in gross revenue. All right. That's not a lot. You can do that with like three coordinators and six studies that you enroll a moderate amount of patients in six to eight studies that you enroll a moderate amount of patients in over uh, that year. So this is not difficult to do. It's not like you need 20 sites and 20 staff members to pull this off. Okay. To do it legitimately. You can do this. And our clients do this legitimately. My sites do this legitimately. All right. So to, to commit fraud for, it's not even this much money. Right. It just shows you the desperation that this guy had. Um, United States attorney has, uh, so the attorney general said everyday Americans rely on data from clinical research trials to keep us safe. Blah, blah, blah. The ongoing COVID-19 pandemic and the vital ongoing clinical trials currently being conducted reminds us every day how critical clinical research is so that's another thing that this uh u.s united states attorney said that actually is a good point during this era of covid when we're trying to develop vaccines and treatments we're talking about things like diversity in clinical research how to enroll more minorities in clinical research how to gain the public's trust studies like this don't help out whatsoever studies uh, uh cases like this not studies like this cases like this guy examples like sammy anwar do more to tarnish the industry than maybe a hundred sites doing good can do right like for for, for every store for every sammy anwar you have like a thousand clinics trying to build diversity trying to enroll minority uh, patients in the community trying to get the word out trying to improve the brand of clinical research and all it takes is one guy like this to put all that work flush it down the drain because the public sees this kind of stuff right they don't see they don't write articles about the sites that are doing good in the community unfortunately so according to court documents and the evidence pre presented at the trial and at sentencing sammy anwar who's not a licensed medical doctor would pose as a doctor and forge the signatures of the doctors he employed in addition over a dozen without them knowing without the doctors knowing he's doing this in addition, over a dozen former employees of Sammy Anwar testified that he directly instructed them to assist him in committing the fraud, including falsifying medical records and data to admit dozens of ineligible research subjects, obtaining blood specimens from Sammy Anwar's employees, or stealing them from unwitting medical patients of his medical center, disposing of study medications by shooting them down the drain and then falsely recording them as having been properly injected as required, 
dangerously hoarding opioids intended to be dispensed to study subjects and fabricating required subject diary entries. According to the evidence presented at trial and sentencing, Sami Anwar not only directed the fraud but engaged in threats, retaliation, and intimidation in order to hide his crimes from drug companies, the FDA, which regulates human trials, in the in the u.s and law enforcement according to evidence presented at trial and at sentencing numerous former employees of sammy anwar testified that anwar filed false reports made false allegations to washington to the washington state department of the of health the fda threatened them at their homes and at their places of work slashed their tires and stalked them in order to prevent them from cooperating with the authorities in sentencing, Mr. Anwar above recommended sentencing guideline range. Uh, his greed knew no limit, says the judge, and that he was a vengeful human being who sought to punish anyone who threatened his scheme. So, just a wonderful guy to be connected with on LinkedIn, uh, apparently. And Mr. Anwar and his companies were also ordered to pay $1.8 in restitution to the victims of the fraud, which, by the way, good luck collecting that from this guy. Sounds like he probably blew it all on uh, attorneys. Um, Mr. Hislop further stated, this is the, the judge, I wish to especially commend, or the attorney, I wish to especially commend the excellent work done by the investigative personnel with Seattle and Spokane. Um, Sammy Anwar will be sitting behind bars for a very long time. The case was investigated by the Drug Enforcement Administration. See, I told you, it's the DEA. You don't want to mess with those guys. Okay, so here's one from Trial Site. They did a really good job in December 2019 of putting a timeline together of exactly uh, how he got caught and all that stuff. So beginning at a date no later than or about July 20th, 2016 is how this crime spree uh, started. By looking at the official court documents, uh, we were able to put together, okay, so his hearing filed November 7, 2018. So okay, he made that $5 million within two years, which is actually uh a lot of money um i think between one one and a half is not that hard to do two million a year you're starting to get into the bigger kind of clinics so for this guy to pull this off he must have needed to have a bunch of his employees on staff because even if you're doing fraud you still have to have people pretending like they're doing research talking to monitors it's crazy so he must have had a bunch of these people on his payroll that he then later threatened because of course when the dea the fda investigates right the local authorities investigate they're going to talk to all the employees um so let, let's look at the timeline between july 6 2017 and the present defendant mid columbia research was a washington state for-profit limited liability corporation and research site with its place of business in richland washington during the entire course of the conspiracy beginning at least on july 20 2016 sammy anwar used mid-columbia research name and closed derivations thereof on applications to cro sponsors and dea so this is how you get studies this is the feasibility process on july 20th 2016 sammy anwar submitted a pain clinical trial questionnaire to medpace and the sponsor Brayburn, so this is not the study I was doing, but I did a study very similar to this, uh, for setting forth its intent to participate as a site. On or about November 8th, 2016, Sammy Anwar entered into a clinical trial agreement with MedPace uh, with Brayburn as the intended third-party beneficiary. Okay, so Brayburn actually must be the doctor. Um, oh, no, no. So Brayburn, 
Brayburn, I don't know what Brayburn is, as, as the intended third-party beneficiary to perform a study regarding CAM 2038. Uh, the clinical trial agreement with Brayburn and MedPace was falsified and forged bearing Dr. Doe's purported signature. So this Dr. Doe was the PI, didn't even know that he was the PI for the study, which I don't even know how you get a site selection visit. Usually at the site selection visit, they want to talk to the PI in person. If they can't, they at least want to do it by phone to confirm that the PI exists. Uh, so this guy, Sammy Anwar, forged this doctor's name, signature on the clinical trial agreement, uh, used his license, applied for a DEA uh, application. I've done all this. This is like complicated stuff to do, especially the DEA stuff. So I don't know how you can do this without the doctor even knowing about it. Um, doctor, uh, not doctor, defendant Anwar and other conspirators known and unknown to the grand jury knowingly and intentionally created and submitted to Brayburn and MedPace a false and forged form FDA 1572 statement of investigator bearing Dr. Doe's signature. In 2016, of December 2016, MedPace and Brayburn, okay, so Brayburn must be the sponsor, requested from Mid-Columbia Research the mobile number for Dr. Doe, whom they believed to be the investigator. Instead of being provided the legitimate number, they were given the number of one of Sammy Anwar's cell phones. It appears that Anwar and MedPace went to the agreement pretty quickly. That's what I'm thinking, especially for a study involving morphine and hydrocodone, Schedule II substances, Schedule II controlled substances. And this wasn't the only study to involve controlled substances. <clears throat> In 2016, the FDA permitted Flamel Technologies to proceed with a study involving the use of a form of GHB on subjects suffering from narcolepsy. On or about uh, May 12, 2017, Mid-Columbia Research, which is Anwar's site, submitted an application to the DEA to conduct that study. Despite the inclusion and exclusion criteria being changed by Brayburn in August of 2017, documents were falsified and forged between dates May 29th and September 20, affirmatively and falsifi falsely stating that these subjects met all of the inclusion criteria. In September 17th, after Dr. Doe first became aware that Sammy Anwar used his name and forged his signature on a study, Dr. Doe withdrew the application. So this is when things start unraveling. In September 2017, a routine monitoring visit by MedPace revealed certain inconsistencies in a subject binder and other study documentations. I wonder what can possibly go wrong if the routine monitor visits never see the PI. I mean, this is crazy to me. Never even talk to the PI. In addition, in September of 2017, MedPace received an anonymous call from an employee of the site who advised that, amongst other things, subject diaries were being forged, subject medical records were being falsified, and rescue medications and CAM, tw uh, CAM 2038 shots, which is the investigational product, were not actually being dispensed. MedPace and Brayburn announced to Mid-Columbia that they would be conducting a four-cause audit. When Brayburn and MedPace became aware of the false representations through a four-cause audit, um, they terminated the contract, they terminated the participation in the study, and I'm sure they alerted the authorities in January 2018. Pursuant to the execution of a search warrant, the DEA found a sealable reusable baggie in, in Sammy Anwar's desk drawer in his office containing 590 hydrocodone pills. Wouldn't even surprise me if this guy got addicted to these pills. Those, those are highly addictive. And um, 
I mean, he pr- I'm sure he was going through a lot of anxiety in his efforts to cover up this uh, crime spree. And so the hydrocodone pills are right there. They're going to help you relax. Take one. The next day you need two and so on. So this is crazy stuff. Um, this lasted until at least January 2018. For a detailed timeline of the shipments, payments, and falsified information, see the court document. So, I mean, that's, you know, this guy did a lot of bad stuff in a two three year period basically he probably was doing it even earlier than 2016 it's just that's when they have the evidence so people like this don't just start off you don't choose the most difficult studies to start doing fraud you'll start off early and realize hey i can just fake all this data and then you know start doing the the controlled substances stuff which is crazy crazy to me so you hear about here and there Unfortunately, you hear about doctors falsifying study data. Um, you hear about cutting corners, maybe a little lack of PI oversight here and there. This is once in a generation, once in a lifetime. You're ne- I don't think you're going to see this, uh, this kind of activity from... I mean, you're talking about falsifying the doctor's information. The doctor's not even aware that they're PIs in the studies. And then making up all the data and hiring a full support team to help him in this. And thinking nothing's going to go wrong. And on top of that, throw in controlled substances in there. And this has the makings of a movie. And uh, someone should make a movie out of this as a cautionary tale to people. But anyways, thought you might be interested in this. Um, Be careful who you connect with on LinkedIn. Um, You never know who you're dealing with. This guy had a Twitter profile. He was tweeting. He still was tweeting up until uh, he got sentenced, which was this month. He was tweeting. So, yeah, watch out, guys. Don't cut corners. Do research the right way. We need uh, the brand to be built. We need patients to trust research. This doesn't do anything to help. Um, Talk to you soon. So, hey, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. Again, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you leave a review if you could be so kind, please. Uh, And also go to theclinicaltrialsguru.com if you're interested in learning more about who I am, who some of my guests are. Uh, You can have access to some of my YouTube videos. Uh, I do a lot of videos about clinical research. So go to theclinicaltrialsguru.com and you can also call or text me anytime, 949-415-6256. Also follow me on any social media platform. It's Dan Svera. And you can also email me if you'd like, dan at theclinicaltrialsguru.com. Thank you very much.